The following is a sermon that was preached at Faith Lutheran Church in Sharpsburg, Georgia. For more information about our church or to hear past sermons from Faith Lutheran, visit georgiafaith.com. Thank you for listening. It was a sacrifice. Some say it was foolish, but others say it was brave. King Leonidas marched with his 300 Spartan soldiers. He was at war with Persia, a mighty nation led by the fearsome King Xerxes. Leonidas' job was simple, keep the invaders out of Greece, but it was easier said than done. At a place called Thermopylae, Leonidas and his soldiers made their final stand. The Persian army closed in around them. Sparta was vastly outnumbered. It wasn't even a fair fight. It was a sacrifice. Why did Leonidas do it? Why did he take his bravest soldiers and march right into the hands of the enemy? He must have known what would happen. He knew how fearsome, how mighty his enemy was. As he walked his road, each step must have been more difficult than the last. I wonder what thoughts were going through the king's head. Should I turn back? It would be easy to do. No one would blame me if they only knew what I was up against. But why did he keep going? What made Leonidas march to Thermopylae to face Persia? Maybe he thought of his city, his beloved city of Sparta, and the good people who lived there. Maybe they were worth dying for. And so Leonidas marched on to meet his death. Now today, we find Jesus in a similar situation. Jesus is in the region of Galilee. It's a place under the jurisdiction of King Herod. This was not the Herod who was around when Jesus was born. This was his grandson, Herod Antipas. He was a dangerous man. He was the one who had imprisoned and killed John the Baptist. But Jesus kept doing what he had been doing. He went from town to town in Galilee, preaching the good news healing people, casting out demons as he went. And then, out of nowhere, Jesus receives a warning from none other than the Pharisees. They come to him, they tell him, get out of here, leave Galilee. Herod wants to kill you. It's not safe. And we don't really know what the Pharisees were trying to do. We don't know what their intentions were. Usually the Pharisees opposed Jesus, but occasionally Pharisees listened to Jesus, took his words to heart. We remember Nicodemus, who met with Jesus in the middle of the night. Did they want what was best for him or not? Finally, we don't know. All we know is that their warning was a threat to Jesus. Behind their warning, was a shortcut. That's really what they were giving Jesus. A way out, a chance to avoid his cross, to turn back from a road of suffering and leave it all behind. 
And it was one that made sense, too. Who would willingly walk into the road that Jesus was walking on? Who would march towards suffering like that? But Jesus saw through their warning. Behind their words, he saw someone even craftier than Herod. Even more dangerous than Herod the fox was the devil, the snake. Ever since the beginning, the devil's plan had been to foil Jesus' plan. Just last week, we heard about how the devil took Jesus into the wilderness and for 40 days he tempted our Savior. He was unsuccessful but he wouldn't give up so easily. And so today he showed up in Galilee behind the Pharisees' warning to try and deter Jesus from his path because he knew how hard Jesus' road would be and he was hell-bent on making it even harder. But our Savior wouldn't be swayed. He saw through the warning. He replied, Go tell that fox, I will keep on driving out demons and healing people today and tomorrow. He told the Pharisees he wouldn't turn back. He would keep on doing what he had been doing. He would keep on setting people free who were bound by sin. Jesus had to keep going. He had to reach his destination, the city of Jerusalem. But the thing about Jerusalem was that it wasn't a welcome place for a prophet to be. It used to be. See, Jerusalem was supposed to be this city of peace, the place where God's people dwelled. And in the days of King David, it was the holy city, the heart of Israel, the home of the temple. But things had changed. Jerusalem was now a city of violence, a place where God's word just wasn't welcome anymore. Instead, Jerusalem killed the prophets. They stoned those sent to preach the word to them. They responded to mercy with murder. And that's where Jesus had to go. Jesus kept walking toward Jerusalem. That was his destination. But he was walking into an ambush. Now, who would willingly decide to do that? You know, studies show that the average adult makes over 35,000 decisions every day. 35,000. Now, thankfully, some decisions don't require a lot of thought, like, what will I wear today? Or, what will I have for breakfast? Other decisions require some more consideration. Where to go to college? Who will I marry? And when we face decisions, we want to get it right don't we? We weigh the outcomes and the what-ifs. We want to make a good choice. And what if we did every time? What if we could peer into the future and see exactly how our decisions would play out? What if we could avoid making decisions that would hurt others or cause ourselves pain and suffering? Those 35,000 decisions in a day would become much easier every choice would be easier. We would avoid decisions that would cause us pain and suffering. Who would choose a road like that? But dear friends, our Savior did. Every day he woke up and chose his path. 
even though every step brought him closer to Jerusalem, to pain and suffering, he chose you every step of the way. Even though it brought him closer to death, he was determined, even though it would have been easier to turn back, it would have been easy to give up. He kept going. And it's not always easy to follow Jesus' example, is it? When we're faced with a choice between right and wrong, what do we decide? Yeah, isn't it easier just to go along with everybody else? Isn't it easier to pick the greatest amount of pleasure and the least amount of pain? And that's what the devil tries to get us to do. It's what he offered Jesus, a way out. He wants to lure us away bit by bit from the path that Jesus would want us to walk. And he doesn't do it in big leaps and bounds at a time, but in small steps so we don't notice. Go ahead. Just this once. No one will know. But the thing about small steps is that if we look away for a second, they can add up very quickly. And before long, we can find ourselves on a path far away from where Jesus wanted us to be. We're lost. And that's when the devil turns to us and he points the finger of accusation at us. He reminds us of what we've done. But that's why Jesus kept walking. That's why he was determined to walk all the way to Jerusalem. Sure, Jerusalem killed the prophets and stoned those sent to them. But Jesus saw them for who they really were. They were lost. They were people worth dying for. And here, Jesus gives us a tender picture of his love. He describes himself as a mother hen who gathers up her young and protects them from harm. Have you ever seen that happen? Yeah, the mother hen puffs herself up. She makes sure all her chicks are safe under her feathers and she doesn't relax until they are. That's what Jesus sees us as. That's how he saw the people of Jerusalem. All he wanted to do was gather them under his, his protecting wing and protect them from the devil's threats. Because how long would a baby chick last on its own? That's how Jesus saw Jerusalem. That's how he saw you and me, alone, lost, without protection, unwilling to accept help. But Jesus is willing. He doesn't want anyone to walk this world alone. He doesn't want any of us to face an eternity without him. He longs to gather us all under his wings, to shield us from harm. And so Jesus marched on. And that's the mystery of Jesus' love, isn't it? His love is one that doesn't consider the cost. His love is one that doesn't think to be repaid. Jesus' love is one that willingly walks into danger and death. It's a love that doesn't think of self for a second, but always considers the eternity of others. That's how Jesus loves you. And so when the devil offered him a way out, Jesus didn't take it. Instead, our Savior took another step and another step toward Jerusalem, toward death, because he decided that you were worth every single step. 
And so when on our road we encounter troubles and suffering, we can look to Jesus because he walked his road of suffering first. And if your path ahead looks unclear to you, remember that your Savior walks with you every step of the way. You're not alone in this life or in the world to come. We have a Savior who longs to gather you. That's all he wants, to gather you under his wings and protection so that nothing can separate you from him. Even if we aren't willing, he is always willing. But as I look out, I I see that you are willing. Just by being here, Jesus is gathering you. He's strengthening you with his word, equipping you with his promises to live life in this world. And one day, he'll gather all of us in a place where the devil's threats can't touch us anymore, a place of true peace and rest, the new Jerusalem. And so today, today we marvel at a love that was willing to walk every step of the way. So why did King Leonidas do it? Why did he keep walking to fight Persia? It's because he thought his people were worth dying for. They deserved to be protected. Why did Jesus do it? It's because he looked at you, he looked at me, and he saw people worth dying for. He saw us as people who needed to be gathered and protected, and that's what he does for us each and every day. He chose you every step of the way, and he will never stop choosing you. Finally, anyone could have done what Leonidas, king of Sparta, did. But only Jesus, king of kings, could have done what he did. Only he could love you the way he does. Only he could take step after step, walking toward a road that would lead in his death and resurrection with you in mind. And so now, as we live in this world, know that your Savior walks every step of the way with you. So may we cling to him. May we cling to him, our true king, and our protection. Amen.